Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Amen. Thanks, Tash. Thank you so much. Um, it's good to be together, isn't it? Um, first Sunday of the new year. It's excited. Exciting, sorry. Um, and uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to do about 15 minutes here, and then Dave's going to come and uh, fix everything that I say, all right? Um, so um, it's really, really good to be together, isn't it? And we're calling this Sunday Refocus. The reason we're doing that, and I know you're all wondering about the bag. It's my shop, and I just know where to put it. So um, uh, we're calling it Refocus, but uh, the reason we're doing that is because over the last number of years, 20 years and probably beyond, we've sort of re-envisioned twice a year. We've done September and January. has been sort of the big sort of rally and cry vision. And sometimes it gets to the point where you think, oh no, here we go again. And uh, so we felt that what we would do, there was so much stuff and we're so, we, we, we cover so many areas as a church. You're all following the bag. No, look, look at me. Um, so uh, we're, we cover so many areas as a church. Um, we, we thought we try to realign that a little bit and do, do vision in September time, do our sort of big vision in September time, and then January time we'd do a refocus where we'd sort of tell you a little bit about what we've accomplished um, so far and realign and refocus us where we're going. Now, what's in the bag is, is a toy trumpet, all right? I've talked to you about trumpets before. This one was nine ninety nine out of Toy Master, but um, it sort of gets over the image. They're, they're, they've been about a long time. Actually, when you go to Exodus 19, you'll find that whenever they, they were calling people to the, to the power and to the service of God, it said that there was a long blast from the trumpet. I love that. A long blast. So somebody with loads of wind actually blew that. said there was a long blast. And something happened. The whole camp, two million people stood in awe as, as, as God was hurled with the blast of this trumpet. So they're over 3,000 years old, maybe not just as fancy as this one, but they're, they've been around for over 3,000 years. Actually, used to be an Olympic sport. I've told you this before. It used to be an Olympic sport, and the, the sport was actually judged on how loud they were. And there was a guy called Heronius, and Heronius won it three years in a row. And history tells us that he was a really large man, and he could actually blow two trumpets at once. Why ever he'd want to do that, I'm not sure. But he could. And so this thing, and so the Romans actually were the first ones actually to take it into play and use it as a, as a military object. Actually, they had 43 different signals the Romans had. They had 43 different signals, so that sort of pack up for lunch and go for tea and battle cry and go to bed and all of that. I don't know what all they had, but there's 43 different messages that they actually declared with the trumpet. And so if you wanted to be a military trumpet player in the Roman army, you had to go to the trumpet school. I think that's what it was called, trumpet college. So you had to go and learn how to play this and play the signal. And so it's really, really important. The reason I'm talking to you about that is that 
Um, one of the verses that we felt very prominent for us as a church over the last wee while is this verse here in Nehemiah. And what happened at this story, we're into chapter 4 of Nehemiah, and what happened was Ezra had went back and built the temple. Now Nehemiah is coming back with a second wave to build the walls. And um, as the walls go up, as the walls of this uh, Jerusalem, this great city are starting to build, of course there's an enemy. There's always an enemy, and there's always people that don't like to see you getting on. Did you know that, or am I telling you something you didn't know? There's always people that don't like to see you getting on, all right? And I say this all the time. I told you this for years, all right? We quote it all the time. Weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. And I just quoted it wrong. And we all quote it wrong. It's the other way around. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. That's the way the Bible puts it. We quote it the wrong way around. And I think the reason why we quote it the wrong way around is because we're more comfortable weeping with people who weep than we are actually in rejoicing with people who rejoice. And it's good to weep with people who weep. It's really important to do that. But sometimes we, it, it allows us to control the situation. And hence we get loads of people sometimes who actually try to minister out of their own hurts. And that's not good. And so we need to be sound in that when we're dealing with people who are broken. And so that's why it's so important to us here in church. But the other issue is when, you, when somebody gets a new car, and you remember when they couldn't afford a car. You remember when they were on the boat in a bicycle. And we think, where did they get the money for that car? And how can, how can they afford that house? And the, 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 he's working and she's working. Blah. You know the way it goes, don't you? And we struggle to rejoice with people who rejoice. And so this is what happened. As the wall began to build, there was a few enemies who didn't like the prosperity of the wall. And so what happened was Nehemiah had to, in the verse previous to this, he had to say, look, we need to get a trumpet blower. We need somebody that could call the people together because there's going to be times that we just need to come together to rally the cry, to refocus our hearts and say... This is what we're doing. That's what the morning's, this morning's all about. It's a refocus of saying, come on. And tonight is a trumpet blast. Tonight is families coming together. We've called, we've blown the trumpet to Cara, to Shalom, and um, to Portadown, to Emmanuel Portadown. And we're saying, let's get together tonight in Brownell Leisure Center. Let's, let's worship together as a family of families, reminding our hearts that this is all about Jesus. And so it's really important that we, that we do that. And so this is why this machine uh, for want of a better word, all the people who are musicians now are going to be really cross with me. This beautiful instrument um, is so important. And so one of, the, uh, one of the, the verses in the Bible, and I call it the unpardonable sin of the New Testament, is this verse. It says, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? It's the unforgivable sin that a leader would give a non-distinguished blast that the people that are being led would have no idea where the organization or where the church is going. That's unpardonable in the New Testament. Paul writes to the church at Corinth. And so what we want to do this morning is we want to give you clarity. We want to give you a clear, because we believe, Dave and I, along with our elders and staff and everybody that help us do this, we believe, and we're excited about this year, um, 
Uh, we're excited about what God wants to do, and we're excited because we believe you deserve a clear call. We believe you need a refocus, and so that's one of the things that we do. One of the stories I love was in World War II, whenever Britain was being bombed night after night, people were wondering what to do with this wave the white flag of surrender or keep going, what should we do? Winston Churchill made this declaration, we will defend our island, he said. We shall go on to the end. We will fight in France. We will fight on the seas, on the oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We will defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We'll fight on the beaches. We will fight on the landing grounds. We will fight in the fields and in the streets. We will fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. Now, some people mightn't have expected that, and some people mightn't have agreed with it, but it was a pretty clear call. There was clarity to it. And so that's what we're doing this morning as we refocus because we believe that we need to make this trumpet call crystal clear because we are a message-centric people. That's who we are. We are by default message-centric. And so one of the verses that I love in the Bible is this one. Three times it's mentioned, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. There needs to be a clarity to that call as we go into this year. Tash started us off so brilliantly. It's all about Jesus. It has to be about him. It's not about our strategies and schemes. We give them all to him as we'll pray at the end. And so it's really important that we understand this because, as I say, we are a message-centric people. We don't have a product to sell, but we do have a message that can change the world. And this message alone will rewrite the story of our city, of Craig Evan. And, and so when we come to communities with rules and regulations, we will never reach them. So it's not about how you dress, and it's not about whether you wear a hat or not. It's about love and acceptance and forgiveness, because sometimes I think we talk about more about how we behave than what we believe. And can I say this to you? And I'll, this is a little challenge, all right? What you believe will determine your destiny, not how you behave. That's interesting, isn't it? What you believe will determine your destiny, not how you behave. Now, I'm saying that's not a license to do whatever you want. I don't think the Bible or the New Testament allows you to do whatever you want. As believers, we're caught up into a movement that requires holiness, and I'm an advocate for that, and I will promote that to the day I die. But it's not about how you behave that determines your destiny. It's about what you believe. And so it's desperately important that we understand that what we believe is very, very, very important. And so we're living in a needy day. We've got Brexit. We've got unemployment. We've got depression. We've got... Um, economically, politically, spiritually, socially, every other way. People are crying out, I'm hurting. And institutions, political ones, religious ones, social ones, uh, are hemorrhaging people by the minute. There are millions of people out there at this moment in time who are looking for the answer. And we have the answer. His name is Jesus. And added to this, we have a, a billion, we have a social, network, net, a social network with a billion opinions at the touch of a button. Facebook, Twitter, podcasts, God channels galore, dare for, help us please, and a myriad of websites. And here's the fact of it, there's loads of funny doctrines out there. And with people watering down absolute truth um, and sound doctrine, people are hurting and they're looking for answers. And, and I, I, my, the mind boggles at how many wrong answers there are out there. And so that's why we wanted to refocus. We wanted to simplify to you what we're doing 
as a church. And in the melting pot of distorted truth that's out there, there's the challenge. Listen to this. This is really important. The challenge to our faith is not our inability to hear God's voice, but it's our willingness to listen to all the other voices. I'm going to say that again because this is really important. The challenge to our faith is not our inability to hear God's voice. It's our willingness to listen to all the other voices. You see, if, if I eat McDonald's all the time, I'll have no room for my Sunday lunch, my nice Sunday roast, all right? Because you fill yourself up with the wrong stuff. And so it's not our inability to hear God's voice. It's actually our willingness to listen to all the others. And so we've got to be so careful about what we listen to because our appetite is there. And so we have so much stuff that's competing for our attention. They reckon at any given time, you've, at any given time, this is what the, the psychiatrists and sociologists and all of those different people tell us, that you have millions, maybe up to six million things clamoring for your attention at one time. Unbelievable, isn't it? And, and they reckon that we can cope with maybe around 60 to 100, your mind. And so what do we do with all the rest? Well, they tell us what we do. We delete or we distort. Loads of stuff we just delete out of the road. But there's loads of stuff we just distort. And so what happens is this, this idea of understanding who we are, and that's why John, one of the, my favorite books in the New Testament written by a 95-year-old man in a round probably who has outlived all the other apostles by about 40 years, who spent time putting his head on Jesus' breast as they rested at night, this is a guy I want to listen to. He's writing against Gnosticism. He's writing against people who said they believed this and lived like this. That's what he's writing against. He's writing against dualistic thinking. That's why his little epistle is so black and white. And he says, dear friends, don't believe everyone who claims to speak for this word. But you must test the spirits. You need to test this stuff. You need to see because there are loads of false prophets out there. And he's saying there's many spirits out there. And what he's saying is if you allow your spiritual destiny to be set by the opinion of another you're doomed. Don't get it from a book. One day you'll stand before God alone, not with your mom or your dad or your pastor or anybody. You'll be there. My mom used to say this to me all the time. She says, son, always remember, you'll give an account for yourself. You won't give an account for them or the other ones. You'll give an account for yourself. And so we've got to be so careful. And one of the simplest verses in the Bible is one we all know, for God so loved the world. And I highlight five things in that because it's so important. There's five things. It's so important what we believe. It's so important what we believe about God. It's so important what we believe about mankind, about the world. It's so important what we believe about Jesus. It's so important what we believe about faith, about our belief system. And it's so important about what we believe about it everlasting life. And you have those five things in order. I tell you, you can take the world. And I think our refocus this morning is all around those five things. And so it's important that we understand that because worldwide religion deflates God, deflates the image of God. They say, forget serving God and just become one. That's their idea. Hindus believe there are three main gods and millions of lesser gods. Hindu, or spirit meditation believe there's no difference between God and creation. So God is a tree, God is a dog, God is a, a lake, and they worship creation. We believe in an all-powerful God. We believe the Scripture says that He inhabits eternity. So whenever this rocket that went off 13 years ago and is now 14 million miles away, 
Did you see this in the news this week? 14 million miles away, sending photographs to us of this sort of new black hole that they've found in outer space. And the photographs are coming back at the speed of light, 93 million miles an hour. It's going to take the photographs two or three days to get back. <sighs> That's the God that we serve. That's the God who said, let her be. Boom, this, this creative universe rolls into being. He is the all-powerful God. And that's why it's so important what we believe and what we're trying to focus you on because this God is not under pressure with the economy. He's not confused with Brexit. Is anybody, am I the only one here confused with Brexit? <laughs> oh, man. I, I just, it, it is, honestly, it, 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 is anybody else getting angry with it now? It's just me. Oh, it's so frustrating. You won't feel like smashing your TV only at, well. Um, it's just like, but you know what I was thinking the other night? The, the, the confusion doesn't come from God. Confusion comes from the enemy. And that's what institutions do. They confuse you and they talk mumble jumble. I don't think they understand it either. Backstops and backdrops and whatever else they're talking about. I don't know what they're talking about. But it's, it's just all confusion. It's all, it's all and, they, and somebody's interviewing this person and they're interviewing this person and they don't know what they're talking about. And, and, and the world watches on. I think, wow, there's something simple about this faith, what we have. So the more you deflate God and the, and the more you inflate man, the less need there becomes for Jesus. And what I've seen in Western civilizations, I've watched the news in 2018, is this, that Western civilization doesn't need Jesus. Now, we know different. But as a whole, what they've done is they've inflated themselves so much and they've deflated God that they feel they don't really need God. And we're here saying, we have the answer. Jesus is the answer. This is the simplicity. And so this is why we want to refocus. Dave's going to come and lead us in that. This is why Jesus was and is the hope of the world. This is why he tells us in Romans 3 that we fall short. All of us fall short. And so our nature without Christ is lost. And the reason why Christ is so big is because the gap is so big. And we've got an extravagant Jesus. And I love this. And so there's so much um, that we, Dave and I, are excited. We mightn't look that excited at times, but we are excited about this year. We're excited to lead together. Our team is incredible. Our, our staff, our elders, our management team, they're the best of the best, aren't they, Dave? They're not a bad bunch. Yep. So let's give Dave a wee round of applause. Thanks, Phil. Afternoon, everyone. Happy New Year to you all. Um, so yeah, as, as Phil was saying, we, we just really want to focus in on, on the main things that the Lord is really leading us into as a people. And suppose the reason why we want to do this as well, rather than running ahead with lots and lots and lots and lots of new things, which can sometimes cause confusion, is because even since September, as I look around the room now, I can see people that have joined the family since that point. And so September's vision is still new at this point to people. And so we wanted to refocus. We wanted to almost reimagine again, God, right, this is what you've given us. This is where you're leading us as a people. And so we want to focus on what are some of the main things that you have for us. One of the things that we did in September, um, September's Vision Sunday, if, if you can remember back to it, all those months ago, we spent a large part of it focused around an animation um, which uh, showcased and uh, shared all the main things which we do as a church. One of the 
things that I want to say. If you're new to Emmanuel, I want to be really clear in this. Sunday is not the main event for us. We love gathering as a people. We love being here in church. But if people are asking you, what do, what, tell me about your church. What does your church do? You can tell them about our worship. You can tell them about our teaching. Hopefully you enjoy those things. But it is so much more than that, what God is doing in and through us on a daily basis. Not just as people come into church, but as the church leaves and goes about their lives. That is what our church needs to be about. And that's what we want to call one another to more in this year. In September, though, we shared this animation and the animation just shared, shared the big picture of all that we're doing in church life. And it's one of those ones I would love for all of us to almost familiarize ourselves with it. And what we've done, we've put this on our website. If you go to the About section on, our, on the Emmanuel website, and then on one of the drop-down tabs, you'll see this where it says Vision and Values. And there embedded at the very top of that is this animation, so the everyone, every day, everywhere. And it lasts for 11 minutes. It takes you through the full big picture of all the different parts of who we are as a church tries to look about all that we're doing within the community and things like that. And it'd be great for you to familiarize. We're not going to take time to watch it now. But two or three things that were really clear that it's really important that at moments like this that we always remind ourselves. Firstly, what is our vision? The vision that for us as a leadership in the church, we really felt the Lord had given us was this. And this isn't just for the, the leaders. This is for each and every person. This is your vision. This is what we want to step into is this. We want to help as a people here in Emmanuel. We want to help rewrite the story of Craig Avon, this city. We want to help rewrite the story of Ireland. We want to help rewrite the story of the nation's what, with our own stuff? No, but with the good news of the kingdom of God. He's given us so much. And we want to we want to share it freely. You've received now freely give. Let's go and help rewrite the story. And how we embed that, there's there's there are value systems that all of that is based upon. And any good church who wants to outwork fully the great commandment and the great commission will always focus around these three things. These are our values. We are people who are loving God, loving people, and loving the world. We just want to keep reminding ourselves of that. And back in September, just almost to refocus ourselves again in this, back in September, one of the things which we launched at that stage was our new logo. We did a full rebrand of Emmanuel at that stage, and you see the logo on the left-hand side. The logo itself helps us remember these two crucial things, our values, our vision, sorry, and our values. Let me explain and talk you through that again. On the logo, we said this back in September, but just in case you've forgotten, on the logo over on the right-hand side of this, we have the letter E, which stands for Emmanuel. Right? This is our name. It's very simple. We're very simple people, so we're trying to keep it very basic for us all. Here we have the E for Emmanuel, but embedded within this, the reason why we had this is because this allows you to explain to people this is what it means for us. This is our vision. We want to help rewrite the story of Craig Avon, Ireland, and the nations. That's why there's three parts on it. Also over on the other side are values. We are a people who are loving God, loving people, loving the world. These three things are crucial for us. That's what we use our logo to be able to point people towards. This is what it means. And then it's completed with the other side to show a love heart shape because we're a people that have been caught in one by the love of God. And that's why we do all that we do. So this is what it allows us to see. Our vision and values are crucial. Obviously, on top of that, we have key practices. Not going to spend time. They're on the, the wall at the side. Everything that we do and we outwork our conversations are all based under these things. And then as a church, really briefly to say, before we try to land this this morning, we have long-term aims. While we will sit tomorrow 
and core leaders and discuss, right, what are we doing for next Sunday? What are we doing over the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months? That's really important to do. But as a people, as a church, it's so important that we have a long-term aim of, God, what are you calling us into over the next five, ten years? And as a people, as we do that, that it's not just we say, right, we hear from the Lord and then we think we don't need to hear him again. That when we hear from the Lord, we keep ourselves up. We say, oh, Holy Spirit, when you breathe afresh, we want to be sensitive to it. And so what actually happened was back in September, our long-term aims went from four long-term aims to six. We added two in because we felt the Holy Spirit speak afresh, just an extra couple of things that we needed to really go after if we're going to fully outwork our vision. These were the long-term aims. I'm going to go through these individually in a little second, but there's six of them. Again, on the animation, if you watch it on the, on the website, you'll get to know these really well. What I want to do just really briefly in these, in these last five, ten minutes, is just to go through these. I'm going to probably race through the first part of this, um, just so you have an understanding. But what I'm going to do is, under each of these long-term aims, I'm going to try and focus us in on at least one thing, maybe two things and some of them, that we are going to be doing as a church. The first few are to make you aware of them, so you have an understanding. But the last one particularly, we would just love to give a charge to us as a church. There's stuff that we would love you to get involved with, because this is our vision. This is your vision, right? We want everyone to be involved and taking responsibility for this. This is how it gets outworked. And so under these, the first thing that we have, let me just get back to my notes. The first thing that we have here, one of our long-term aims, is to prepare ourselves for a move of God in our land. That could just be a really fancy thing to say, or we could actually take it serious. We are believing for a move of God in Ireland. We're believing for a move of God in this city, but we're believing it for this nation. And we are unapologetic about saying that. We want to believe in it. And do you know what? The Bible says this. This is the promise of the Word of God. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways. This is what God says. I will hear from heaven. And this is what he promises. And I will heal their land. That's, that's what we want for Ireland, isn't it? Phil said, while there's so much confusion about backstop of Ireland, whatever it might be, we're believing just for a move of the Holy Spirit in this nation. Forget what the politicians say. We believe that God is speaking and is doing things in this land, and we want to pray and call it into being in this time. And so what we want to do as a people is to prepare ourselves for a move of God. This is one thing we would love you to really be involved in. Obviously for all of us, that we would each have a personal devotion to the Lord. And be seeking the Lord, but as a people together, because this is what that verse in the Scriptures promises, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wickedness, but will call out to me, will cry out to me and seek my face. As a people this year, we want to go after a greater level and depth in prayer like never before. We want to do that in corporate prayer, but we would love to really encourage all of us to get involved in signing up for times in the prayer room and being involved just in rhythms of prayer here in the church. And together, Let's all take the onus in this. And do you know what? One of the things that can be a barrier to that sometimes can just so easily be familiarity, isn't it? Sometimes when you get familiar with things, it just sometimes doesn't feel as attractive or you're not as likely to do it. And one of the things that's happening, we shared this last week, our prayer room, the existing prayer room is going to be knocked down. 
And uh, in, the, in the coming weeks, um, so by February, March, we are going to have a new prayer room that will be open here at the front of church. We're hoping that with the freshness of this, it will almost drive a freshness of engagement with the prayer room rhythm again as well within church. But this is what we would love. Let's as a people pray, 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 pray. Phil and Tash are going to be leading the charge on us for that in the church. But we would love to pray. Let's pray for the Lord and believe for what he's doing in this nation. Really briefly in these next ones, to build a mature, thriving local resource church. You know that as a church we are growing. You look around, it's great seeing the numbers here this morning. We had people at the 9.30 service. There's people who normally would come in a 6.30 service that this isn't their service. As a church, we think we have roughly around about... Um, 650 adults plus kids and young people on top of that that are coming uh, throughout on a Sunday. We are growing all the time. More and more people are coming. But you know what? As that happens, as we have been growing, we just want to make sure that we are being responsible, that we are being... um, that we're honoring the Lord in terms of what he has positioning, where he's positioning and what he's blessed us with. And so lots of things have had to change. We always said the scales ch- scale changes everything. So we've had to introduce lots of policies over the last couple of years. And one of the things, just to make you aware of it, be, um, between February and March this year, one of the areas we're really going to be trying to strengthen in this is around the area of kids registration. There will be a brand new kids registration process in place here in the church. It's going to seem a lot more tighter and regimented. We're asking you please to move in this one with us. This is for the protection of every child that comes into this building. Uh, Heather and the guys will be filling you in on this uh, nearer the time, but this is to make you aware. This is because there's growth, and with growth, we just have to change certain things. So that's one of the things for you to be aware of. As we grow, though, I don't know about you, but one of the things I never want to lose is a sense of family in this place. Um, People always talk about the chicken shed days, and they look back on it, the good old days. And they were good days, but there's good days ahead as well. And we want to believe and stay tight together as a family. It could so easily happen just that we, we grow strong or big numerically and no one knows each other or feels connected or feels part of it. That's not what we want. That's not what we're about as a church here at Emmanuel. If you want to know who we are, we're family. We are a family of God on mission. So we want to we want to protect family as much as possible. And so this year, again, there's going to be new ways that we're going to be trying to strengthen family, different activities, different things we'll be doing. And one of them is around the big church day out. We've moved it from June to May. So we'll be announcing this in the coming weeks, but get it into your diaries. We're going to be changing the structure of it. It might not be necessarily be a trip to the North Coast because what so easily happens is we go to the North Coast, we go and get lunch, and then everyone goes and does their own thing. We don't really stay together as a family, do we? in that moment. So we're looking at different aspects and different ways of being able to do it that can engage family, keep us strong together, um, and we'll be giving more information about that in the coming weeks. Family's key. Let's let's stay tight together as a family in these moments. Pioneer numerous church plants around Ireland. Many of you are aware that part of who we are as a local church, we have a translocal expression. It's not just about Lurgan. It's not just about what God's doing here, but in the nation. So this is part of... uh, part of a heart that God has placed within us. This word to bar is the Irish word for spring or Wales. We believe um, we believe that God has called us to be a people that would plant new wells or dig new wells here in Ireland, that out of us we would see churches planted and established. And also we would reopen the old wells. We would strengthen and resource some of the old older traditional churches. And we've, we've seen that. It's been brilliant. 
uh, over the last uh, year. We've seen Tabar really growing. Other churches from outside, what churches have been planted from here, other churches from outside. We now have eight churches that are part of Tabar family that are saying they're aligning themselves with their vision and values. And, you know, with that, what it means is that for each of these churches, as we have one heart and one mind, out of them, other churches will be planted, not just out of here. And this is how we see Ireland starting to be changed as we see other expressions of the kingdom planted. And so we're excited. And one of the things we just want to make you aware of is this, that the Bar Conference date, it was great last year. Please get this in your diaries. We will be uh, announcing about it in the coming weeks just so that you can get tickets soon. But for everyone in, in our church family here in Largan, we would really love you to be at this. This was a crucial time for us um, as a church and again for us to stay together in this so no one feels they're missing out. Please prioritize this date. The conference is coming up on the 14th, 15th of June, um, which would be great. And we're really excited about that. To develop and coordinate citywide transformation initiatives is the next one of our long-term aims different ways that we're doing this, just really briefly a couple of them. Tash has already made reference to Lynx. Lynx has seen significant growth over these, uh, over these last months. That's why we had to reposition it in the building. That's why many of you got a chance to walk around it. it was, it's brilliant, the building, isn't it? Uh, the rooms, ho hopefully lots of you got a chance to go up and see it over the last couple of weeks. Um, but it's, it's growing and its influence is growing. And as a church, one of the reasons why we're doing the offering tonight as a church, we don't want to talk about just being involved with helping with mental health. We want to rewrite the story of mental health in this town. In this area of suicide, we, we are unapologetic about saying that we will not settle for this area being the second highest rate of suicide in Northern Ireland in this, in this council area. No more to it. We say in Jesus' name. And as a church, we want to engage in this. And this is why it's not just about people coming to us, but as, as links as it sits almost in its own separate identity from the brand of Emmanuel Church. It's carrying the kingdom values that allows people to come and receive healing and restoration in this area. Lynx has been growing. They've received funding as well around this area where they're able to employ a couple of counselors specifically in the area of suicide, which has been fantastic. And tonight, again, the offering Celebrate Craig Avon, we're going towards this, specifically this area of suicide awareness. So that's what tonight's about. It's not going to any of the churches, but specifically in this area. You, which is our clothing bank. So again, in the area of family and just being able to provision. Renew is our clothing bank here in church. You know that this is uh, high-quality, second-hand clothing that people have given, sometimes new clothing as well, into Renew. And this is by an assessment basis only. People come, and um, if they have no money, if they have very little money, not even to buy second-hand clothes in charity shops, they come along to this and we're able to clothe them. And 92 people have been clothed through this in the last two months alone which is, uh, Nicola was telling me, was treble the number of last year. People here, just so much need. But there's hope. There's hope. And people are able to find hope now in the church and amongst the church and the people of God. So thank you for your support with that, but we just want to see it increase. And we're excited for more growth and increase in these things uh, in the next while. And then, last one before I just land, just a couple of points. to so develop a mature leadership development pipeline, training and release leaders. This is our leadership development pipeline. I'll not take time to explain this, but people move through this and the church will look at this in the coming weeks. One thing just to say in the first point of this, GROW is starting in again next Monday. 
Grow Up. So normally we have three modules, but we're only running Grow Up in this module. If you were previously in Grow Down, please come back to Grow Up. We'd love to invite you to do that. If you would like to jump in and Grow Up, this is a brand new module, so you can sign up to that. It would be great. But for the initial module, Grow Down, which is primarily for the new believer, we're not running it uh, in this term, and I'll explain why in a little while. But Grow Up is running from next week, next Monday at 8 to 10. And this is the final one. And this is our main landing point in these last five minutes. So to create a discipleship culture that releases radical Jesus followers, our definition of discipleship, which we, we gave out in September, this is what we just believe that God is calling us to be as disciples or those who follow Jesus in all of life. That's what it means. Discipleship can mean lots of different things to different people, but we want to be those who follow Jesus. Phil's talking about how we could follow politicians, we could follow institutions, but we want to follow King Jesus, don't we? We want to follow him and his ways. And so as disciples, this is what we do. We say, Jesus, what are your ways and lead us into it? This is what he's told us to do. This was the Great Commission. And, uh, and briefly, just in this, there's different things that the Lord tells us to do, but three things have just have pointed out. So go make disciples and teach. The first two of these, we would put under the, uh, the heading of this pre-conversion discipleship. There's this understanding that we need to know that Jesus has told us as part of our discipleship and for us as disciples that our responsibility, your responsibility, is that you're involved in making new disciples, those who do not yet know him. So for those, reaching out to those who are unsaved is part of their discipleship as we journey them towards Christ. As we reorientate them towards Christ, it's part of their discipleship as we allow them to engage with Jesus and draw close to him. And in this pre-conversion discipleship, there are certain things uh, which the Lord has told us to do. Firstly, as a church, we want to have a missional edge. So we want to be a church on mission. Globally, there's different ways you can get involved. There's different trips this year. Um, so there's India, there's Uganda, Cambodia. Mark Crozier is uh, running a team to Jordan through Drop-In Ministries in April. Uh, and would love, we would just want to promote that for him and just to say that there's a possibility of being able to engage with what's going on in Jordan. If you have a heart for any of those nations like to get involved, speak to us off the back of it. Kids Week is going to take on more of a missional focus this year as well. Heather and the guys will give you more information about that come the summer. Not so much just about people coming in here, but we'll be taking stuff outside of here. But for all of us, this is what we are called to be as everyday missionaries, everyone, every day. If you were at one thing, I would just love to say that we are going to be teaching. I should have said that definition of discipleship that we had following Jesus in all of life, that's going to be the title of our Sunday morning series over these next six months. We're going to be practically stepping this out. What does it mean? To have, how do we evangelize to people? How do we pray with people? What does it mean to pray for healing for people? What does it mean to pray for deliverance for people? We want to be practical about this and how do we follow the ways of Jesus in this. But for all of us in our lives, I'm going to get Andrew up in a little second. He's going to share his story. And everyone, every day, everywhere, how do we as evangelists, I know it sounds like a really religious term. Do you know all it simply means for us? Let's boil it down to this. It means this, that we would be a people that would live questionable lives. What that means is that where you're at, in your work, in your families, there should be something about your life that people are asking questions. <laughs> Why are you the way you are? Why do you act the way you are? Why do you believe? Why do you do the things that you do? And we have a reason, don't we? And when people ask the questions, when you're living your question life, suddenly there's an opening to be able to share the answer. And so we want to do that in this season as well. But one of the big things for us coming up, and this is why we're not running Grow Down, we are going to be running Alpha 
here in church from the 7th of February. Alpha is a course where people can come along. If you have any questions, if you're in the room this morning and you are you don't know yet, don't yet know Jesus, and you would you have questions, you've loads so so many questions you would love to just ask. Alpha is a safe space to come along and ask these questions. It's going to be on the seventh of February. It's a Thursday night up in the glass space. We're going to be running this for for ten weeks. But here's here's one of the big things. This is one of the big takeaway things for church. There's people that you've been praying for over this last year. There's people that live around you, people that go to your work that don't yet know Jesus. Why don't you invite them to come to Alpha? It doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't, you're not going to lose out in anything. All that might happen is they might say no, which is fair enough. But why don't you invite them to come? Be praying for people to be coming to this. Be praying and asking people and be praying for people who are coming to this as well that they might come to know Jesus. Alpha is one of the big things we just want to put an emphasis on in our prayer life and in our asking as well as part of our evangelism. But hopefully people will come to know Jesus and this is where we go, the second part of this, post-conversion disciples. So what happens if someone has accepted Jesus into their lives? And do you know what? This is for everyone in the room if you're a believer. If you already know Jesus, it doesn't mean the right you've made it. It doesn't mean right that's journey done, box ticked. Let's just get on with things. It means that you have now begun on a process of discipleship with Jesus where he now wants to go on and lead you and to teach you his ways and to lead you all that he has for you in your life. And so the main way, and this is the big thing again that we want to just really re-emphasize and relaunch afresh, the main way that we're going to be trying to address that and push it out or rule it out is through life groups. You know that in church we have a difference between life group threes and twelves. Life group threes are numbers of three, four, five people in a, in a group. Life group twelves are what we would have called life group homes in the past, where it's a larger number of people, 10 to 15 people, meeting in a home. And firstly, just to say that our life group threes are going to be the primary way that we want to see life are life group and discipleship happen, because with these smaller groups of people, you can have more in-depth conversation. You can be more open and transparent in a smaller group than you can in a group of 15 people at times. But yet, one of the barriers to that is the knowing of people and having relationships with people. And this is where Life Group 12s are brilliant for us. This is where we would love to invite you. If you feel that you're part of the family or just, you're just new to family and you would just love to get to know people, we would love to invite you to come along to one of the Life Group 12s. I'm going to be talking about those in a wee second. I'm going to invite Andrew to come up um, to the stage and he's just going to share a bit of a story. Andrew, you're a fit lad. So a bit faster than that, can you? And, uh, and as we do this, I just asked Andrew just to come and share his own story just in these last couple of minutes, just around life groups, hopefully in a way that it would just whet your appetite, that it would allow you to get to know and understand for yourself. This might be something that in this season that hopefully that you wouldn't begin to engage with because as a church, this is crucial to all that we're building in our culture. Andrew, Tell us a little bit about yourself and let the guys know a bit about who you are. Okay, I'm Audrey. I'm 34. I work as a personal trainer on own Flexi Fitness gym. There you go. Bit of advertisement for his business, Flexi and Fitness. There you go. Uh, and uh, Andrew, we, we were just saying this morning, F Phil referenced the, thought, the fact that he thought that Andrew kind of looked like his mini-me. What do you think? <laughs> Phil, come on. give his... What do you think? Listen, you, Phil. Warwick pointed out first service, Phil, we need to go to the gym. <laughs> so, Andrew, uh, tell, us, tell us a bit about yourself. You've been um, in church for a while. Tell us when you came to faith, how long you've been about church for. Well, 
been a Christian then for about four years, and I've been coming here for four and a half. Okay, and obviously since you began, I've known a bit of your story. It took you a while to get settled in the church. How long did you think it took, and what were some of the steps that you took yourself to allow you to get to be part of church or to get to know people? Uh, it took me about two years to start getting involved in church and really starting to get to know people. I was coming in here just on my own, leaving on my own. So then I decided just to get more involved, started going to and the practical serving, the bigger life groups. And then finally in the fatal and life groups, please. Andrew's involved, so he's serving in some of our teams, involved in vital, vital on Friday nights. What do the kids call you? What's your nickname? Uh, Muscles and Baldy. Muscles and Baldy. There you go. <laughs> Phil, that's your nickname as well. Just, just Baldy. <laughs> we'll go with that. So uh, I've, I've uh, got to know Andrew well. Andrew and myself and another guy from the church, Willie Adams, we are part of a life group three together. Um, Andrew, I, I've obviously been, uh, been able to see a lot of growth in your life, but tell me, tell the guys some of the, you feel the benefits of being involved with the life group that Life Group 3 has been for you? Yeah, well, Life Group 3s and 12s have just taught me how to become a Christian, how to live as a Christian, um, it's really taught me how to read my Bible properly and how to be comfortable praying for people. Yeah, and uh, one of the things I've witnessed with that even has... I, I go along sometimes to Andrew's gym, sometimes just to visit, um, as you can see. And, uh, and one of the things that I've seen some of the times I've been in, Andrew, he obviously wasn't doing it to be seen, but some of the times when I've been looking for him, seeing him sitting in his front office with some of the guys who are going to the gym and praying with them, chatting with them and praying with them. And would you feel that that's something a couple of years ago you would have naturally felt comfortable with? Yeah, it's only really this last year I've been able to comfortable praying for people. It used to scare the life out of me. I've backed out of it so many times, and just now, all of a sudden, I've grown up much there, I'm just comfortable now, so. It's brilliant. Brilliant. brilliant, thanks. Let's give Andrew a round of applause, can we? Thanks, mate. And it's, it's been lovely just this last year, just um, being part of, of it with, with Andrew, just as as we just spend time together, we're, we're, we're friends. You know, over this last year, as you get to know people, you build that level of relationship, You're, there's friend, friendship there. And uh, just see him feeling comfortable in that. But do you know what? His story, though, is just one. I just feel in that area of family. This is my last uh, couple of things I'm going to say just before Phil comes to finish us off. There might be people in the church, and I recognize this. There are people here knew, the Emmanuel. And Andrew's story where he said that he was about for about a couple of years without really knowing people coming in. And then just sliding off again at the end without speaking to people. And, and I know from his story that it took him a while just to get engaged in the life of church. But he, do you know what? While, and it's not as if no one was speaking to him. We were, right? But I think it was actually when he took a step himself where he started to be party. He signed up. So next week and all on Sunday, this is why it's key. There's opportunities to get involved with teams because that's a way I get to know people. There's opportunities to be involved with some of the things that we're doing here in church life. But life groups was a key way for him, the life group 12s and, and life group 3s. And that's why next week we would just love to start afresh with life groups. Next week, just to say this, from next week we're going to be announcing life groups completely afresh. All of our life groups, our life, larger life group 12s, are going to be reset. They all know this. The leaders have communicated it with their teams. All life group 12s will be reset. And so next week, all life group 12s will be offered to church afresh. We would love to invite you to be part of this. It allows you to engage in our new discipleship processes and methods. It allows you to get to new, know some of our rhythms. Our leaders have all been brought to new training for this. We'd love to engage, invite you to be part of this. And then hopefully through that, you can get to know people that you might be able to be involved in with life group 3s and those smaller numbers, which would be great. 
And life groups will be meeting mainly on Wednesdays. Some will meet in other periods of the week, but it'll be usually every two weeks. But what we're going to be doing uh, with this is life groups will be reset on an annual basis. So as you sign up, you'll be signing up for a year at a time. And what it means is that at the end of that year, if you would like an out in the next season, you can have an out. It's one of those ones sometimes when a life group sticks together and someone wants to leave but doesn't know how to say they don't want to be in. Do you know like the awkward conversation when you wanted to break up with that girl but didn't know how to tell her? Yeah. Don't worry, that wasn't Laura. I, I loved her. Um, but you know, it's, it's that awkwardness of it. So it means people can have a fresh out, but also there's a fresh in in these life groups as well. And we just want to see just the life brought to it in this way. And through this, this is how we refocus in this moment. Phil, bring us home. Thanks, Dave. That was clear enough, wasn't it? There's clarity and there's just something so special about that. Stevie and the guys are going to come and lead us in a song that I think is a really powerful song. It's called uh, Jesus Christ, My Living Hope. And I just think it's a great song to sort of seal our refocus, to seal our, our sort of realigning of our vision, to give you a clarity that this is all about Jesus. And again, I said, not just using this um, weekly, but you know, Dave and, Dave and I are excited about leading the charge in this, along with all the team that help us do that. But, but there is a, there is a there is something stirring. 2019, I sense, is going to be a phenomenal year. Excited about what God is doing and what God is doing amongst us and doing us together. And so tonight is a special night. Tonight is a blowing of the trumpet, as I say, pulling us together from all the different parts of the wall to say, come on, set the tools down tonight. We're going to worship together. And so Sunday morning is a little bit like that as well. But tonight, just encouraging, 6 o'clock, not 6.30. Um, as our normal time is. But let's, let's stand. Let's sing this as a, a sort of an anthem to our refocus this morning, and then I'll pray for us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.